Listener Production. Howdy and welcome along to episode 95 of the Howie Games, Paddy Mills, The Impact of the Coronavirus. I hope you and your loved ones are all happy and healthy and that you are finally seeing some light at the end of what's been a pretty dark tunnel, fingers crossed. Whilst the world is obviously facing far greater problems than anything sport-related, hopefully, hopefully the imminent return of many sports is giving you a lift as it has me. Here's to a new, safer world on the horizon. The normal part A and B following Paddy's journey are ready for you to listen to right now, but first, here's Paddy Mills from San Antonio, Texas, on his life in the corona world. Uh, there's so much to talk about and I can't wait to tell your story through your eyes. But before we get to that, the coronavirus world, you're a positive man, I know that. How are you dealing with it all? Yeah, look, um, that, that's come into effect big time is, is you know, the, the good vibes and the positive ad- attitude, I think, and, and the outlook on that. But, um, yeah, look, I, I was just saying to you earlier that the, the sun is out. We've got some good weather down here in, in South Texas um, and we, we can't really complain. Um, things have obviously changed and, and you've got to adjust, um, which is where the positive attitude comes into it. But uh, me, the missus and, and the dog, we're, we're finding ways to be creative and, and uh, keep on with Staying busy, I guess. What's the dog's name? His name's Harvey. He's he's right here. He's a little bit cooked at the moment. We've been kicking the footy in the backyard, so he's uh, he's he's laying on the floor. So you've got a footy there with you to kick? Yeah, this is uh, this is Harvey's version. So it's the it's the dog version because I don't let him have the Sharon. To be honest, he'll uh, he'll ruin that in a matter of seconds. But uh, you know what? Over this quarantine stuff, we've. Uh, We've, he, he's quite the footballer, mate. He chases down the ball and, and brings it back pretty quick. So I'm impressed with his skills. Talking about skills, basketball, have you got a hoop? I presume you're not in a setup where you've got a court in your backyard. How are you keeping your skills uh, going? Nah, mate, we got a, we got no room for a, a basketball court in the backyard. Um, look, we've tried to be creative. We've got um, one of those you know, netted baskets out the back and one of Harvey's dog toys that we throw in there and, and, and that's about it. Um, so, so it has been a little bit of a, a shift, you know, on, on not being able to really, you know, get your hands on a ball. Um, but like I said, you just try to find creative ways to be able to stay active and, and stay fit as well um, and do stuff around the house and in the backyard. Are you missing it? Are you missing basketball? Yeah, I am. I mean, it's, you know, we, we see the, the positives out of it and what we've been able to accomplish throughout this quarantine. And, and it's given me the chance to dive into stuff that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have the, the chance to do during a, during an NBA season or Olympics even, preparation. Um, but to be honest, I miss the competitive side and, and you know, that's that's really what's got me to where I am is is the competitive fire and um, yeah I miss the locker room banter the the airplane banter you know all that travel stuff that you you have um, being involved with a team sport but mate when it comes to um, sports and and being competitive um, that's what I miss the most. It was in a way it was a real outlier because I remember Paddy driving along here in Victoria and all of a sudden it came on the radio that the NBA had suspended their season and it was probably the first major sport to do it and that's I'd been overseas and that's when it hit me the seriousness of what we were going through so the NBA were real outliers and showed some real leadership in many ways Paddy I reckon. Yeah I think so too mate. Um, Look I I think it was one of those things that um, 
you know, who really knows how to deal with it at the at the beginning, right? Um, but to be able to be and and show example of, of leadership in that way and, and what to do. Um, I think it was fortunate how it came off of being able to um, protect our players some point. And, you know, I think some players got a bad rap in the beginning about um, getting the coronavirus, you know, a couple guys on, on the Utah team and, and Brooklyn and, and so on and so forth. But like I said, I think how we were able to be, um, you know, on top of it straight away and, and obviously shutting down the league and try to work out how to go from there, I think was good. Um, and then you saw, you know, the the bigger uh, events in, in the Olympics being postponed and it kind of trickle on from there. So, um, look, good, good on the NBA. We're obviously still trying to work out where this season leaves us, whether we finish the season or not and playoffs and all that kind of questions. So it is leaving us out there a little bit of an, not a little bit, but a lot of uncertainty of, of what's to go in our, um, in our future and in our near future. But um, look, it's it's interesting time for everyone. And I think if you're able to really find the positives and how you can come out of this stronger, right, and, and learn from it, I guess, um, I think is is really important. Like all sport at the moment, mate, there's all sorts of combinations and permutations. I'm sure you're following the NRL and the AFL, what's happening here. But I did read a couple of days ago there was talk of Las Vegas had put their hand up and said, right, we'll host the whole NBA, which actually sounded okay from where I was sitting. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's been a couple of those scenarios that have come up um, and, and I think that's the the ideal thing is to be able to just get as much information and, and, and try to work out every scenario, right? And never, never leave anything out there and, and work, your, work your way back from that point. But look, I think where we sit at the moment, I mean, we're obviously not even allowed in our own facilities just yet. Um, no. That's coming out. Um, so to be able to, I mean, and in saying that too, we're only going to go as far as, you know, our, you know, our cities, I guess, and the country is, is going to let us. So until we really get a handle of um, this pandemic um, as a whole country, I think then you'll be able to see some things evolve. So, yeah, look, um, restrictions have lifted here where we are in Texas and uh we're not at the level that, um, you know, you guys are back home in, in Australia. So we'll see how it goes, if that creates another peak or not. But, you know, you can see the uncertainty of when things open up, how that's going to be and how it's going to affect. But there's no doubt that this is going to affect basketball, the NBA and all major sports, um, and, you know, obviously everything. But for the long run, you know, traveling, airports, on the plane, how we are in the practice facility, all that kind of stuff. How has it been being in America, Patty? Because in Australia, in relative terms, in relative terms, things are going okay. But I guess when you watch the news, immediately it was what was happening in Italy and then it moved to New York and what was happening in America and then probably after that the UK. The devastation and the tragedy has been even greater in the United States. What's it been living like in that environment? Have you been watching the news uh, the country has been hit really, really, really hard. Yeah, it has been, mate. Um, and I, I guess we're seeing firsthand about um, h- how it's all unfolding. And I think, you know, playing in a major sport in this country, um, in particular San Antonio, who, you know, is such a big entity um, within the South Texas region, right? Um, you know, we're seen as that um 
that entity too. So for for me to be able to, you know, set the example of how to go throughout these times and and take the um, you know the necessary precautions, um, and and not only you know live it but help others understand just how important this thing is because that was the that was the problem at the beginning right no one really believed that you know this was going to cause what what it did um so yeah you know as a as a san antonio spurs player and being able to be a role model for others on how to handle this situation i mean i guess that's the the best that we can do um at these times but but it has been hard mate yeah we we get up every morning and flick the news on or or read about it just to see um what the updates are and and whatnot so like i said it's going to be a long term of um relief and recovery um and and these words that i say i mean we could be talking about the fire reliefs the fire stuff that that happened in in australia you know but it's 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 been a crazy time uh 2020 and and the last few months for sure what have you been watching in isolation i reckon i know what you're going to say but what have you been watching yeah i'm I'm assuming that you think uh last dance i'm I'm assuming so Best sporting documentary I've ever seen, and I've I've watched a few. I've worked on a few. Nice. Um, it's mate, like you can tell me about the basketball side of things, but the editing and the going back and resourcing the historical material—it is a beast of a job. But how good is that show? So, what do you enjoy the most—the pr- production behind it, or the material that they they're using, or the the stuff I, people I th- are saying? Yeah, I think for me. Um, I'm annoying my wife because she's going like, how good's Jordan and what about Rodman and when are we going to see more of Luke Longley? And I'm saying, yeah, but what about where they had show the ad and then they showed a photo of the ad and then they got a grab about the ad? Like right. the resources, Patty, that has gone into the production to, to source all that material because it was badged as this um, – unshown before footage, which is only a small amount of what we're seeing. The historical right. stuff, mate, the work involved in that, yeah. it's phenomenal. I find it amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's come at a time, obviously, where people are uh, needing sport, right? They're needing something to be able to, you know, grit their teeth into and hang yeah. on to it. And, and it's awesome to be able to relive those moments but then see how they're done. I agree. I mean, it, it, it's very well done. It brings back emotions. You know, even though you know the result of the end of a certain game, you still get those yeah. um, those goosebump feelings that, you know, that creates juice, I guess. But, um, yeah, to be honest, that's probably the only TV that, that we're doing. Um, we, we've been able to stay, like I said, very busy here. Um, you know, we look forward to that on Sunday nights over here. Um, but it, it's been good. Uh, other than that, TV is just on in the background and we grind away at, at some stuff that we're working on uh, in the background here. Reading anything? Are you reading any books in isolation or listening to any tunes? Yeah, I am, mate. Um, this one is The um, Fire Country, and um, it, it's one that I've um, been reading and, and have read now, and other people have been asking about it, but um, it's about um, Indigenous fire management and how we can hopefully get to the point where everyone can understand, I guess, the right way to be able to look after our land and that. So uh, this book here was written by Victor Stephenson, and he's a fire practitioner. He lives um, in far north Queensland, but he's travelled all around Australia and even interstate too. He was just over here in um, in Canada early in, uh, earlier in the year. 
But, um, yeah, really good stuff, mate, there. Um, again, about the environment and, and about our landscape and, and how to properly look after it so our land can nourish and we can prevent uh, wildfires from happening again. Right, Fire Country, I need to read that. Uh, listening to, we'll get in the main body of the show about what you've been playing on your guitar, which I'm looking forward to, but uh, is there any tunes that you listen I had a chat with this about uh, with Dan Ricardo a few weeks ago, the Formula One driver, and he suggested I listen to a fella called Young Thug. I'm not sure if you've read <laughs> the work of Young Thug, but I wasn't across him. What, what are you listening to? You're probably going to tell me something I don't know as well. Mate, I can only imagine you listening to Young Thug or repeating <laughs> Young Thug lyrics while you're on your surfboard down there in, in Geelong. That would be a sight to see. But, um, yeah, music, mate. I, I obviously love my music. I, I jump on the guitar every now and again, but um, I grew up listening to anything from you know, reggae to, um, you know, to, to island music, uh, stuff in my culture, obviously, um, to rock and roll, soft rock. My dad was the one who played the guitar um, first, so I, I learned from him watching him play. Um, but to be honest, my, my all-time favourite band, if I was to say, it's it's definitely Boys to Men, like real R&B. R&B right. would probably be my go-to genre, if not reggae, but yeah. Alrighty, let's get to the life and times of Paddy Mills on parts A and B of the show. See you there. Listener.